up, Slap Nuts? This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hey, how are you guys doing out there? This is Dave with another wonderful episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Your latest and greatest to all the wrestling news from this last week. Of course, I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, Dane. Other than the sad news of the passing of Bruno San Martino, it's been a pretty, pretty good day. How about you, bud? I'm doing good, man. Uh, definitely the same thing. Uh, when I saw that online, you know, uh, first wrestling uh, piece to the uh, the former first lady, Barbara Bush, but uh, definitely with the wrestling world, the passing today of Bruno San Martino uh, definitely struck home. Um, I was, me and Chris were talking on the uh, pre-show, if you will, that we don't record. It's more of a countdown before the show, but just of the, uh, the stuff and the accolades of Bruno San Martino and kind of just talk a little bit at length about uh, the living legend himself. Um, I told Chris that basically since – I'm from Boston, uh, and don't you love it when I say Boston? I kind of just have that accent accidentally, Chris. I just know something. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Boston. Anyways, um, being from up north, um, the WWWF, which was Vince McMahon Sr.'s territory, uh, old a lot of the big arenas up there, Boston Garden, obviously in Boston for me, and Pittsburgh, and Madison Square Garden. And Bruno San Martino was Hulk Hogan – of his era during the seventies for that organization. Uh, they put him on, they put the title on him as many times as they could. Um, he has still, I think the longest um, length of time of having the title within the series of the WWF and the history of that lineage. Um, he basically had to keep on coming out of retirement. Um, a very similar, and I, I've, I've compared this before when we were talking about him uh, with their list of how uh, Vince, treats Brock Lesnar in a way, you know, when he retired, he said he was retired. He said he was done. Vince senior needed a champion. He brought him back. Uh, soon after that, he broke his neck because of Stan Hansen in a match where he dropped him. Uh, you know, he wasn't supposed to come back from that. He did, uh, you know, re- got his revenge, if you will, within the whole wrestling thing. And then actually still end up wrestling for years after that with the champion because he was a top draw. And uh, if you, if you count, you know, if you understand inflation for that era, he's kind of like the gone with the wind of, of movies because he's up there for the WWF, which is the leading organization as far as, you know, the selling out crowds and stuff like that uh, overall, obviously. He's up there with Hulk Hogan. He's up there with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's up there with The Rock. If it wasn't for my dad watching him as a child, watching him have matches with Killer Kowalski and Ivan Koloff and, and Billy Graham and, and everyone, for that matter, Stan Hansen, obviously. He might have not watched wrestling into the 80s, where I started watching wrestling with uh, WrestleMania three and, and seeing as a little, little, little baby three, four-year-old, seeing live Hulk Hogan slam out of the giant. So it definitely resonates with me a lot. Um, I mean, he kind of, and I, I made this comparison, I'll let Chris kind of talk at length uh, from his end, but... For his era during the WWF, he represented kind of like how Harley Race represented, you know, the NWA. Constant champion. Everyone knew them with class. Everyone respected him within the industry. I think the NWA definitely had more technical wrestlers. Uh, They definitely cared a little more about the fine details. There was definitely more brawlers uh, in uh, in Vince's uh, promotion, but... Regardless, it's a huge loss. He died of it at 82 or 83, I believe. I think it was 82, actually. 
so he lived a good life, and he was ripped as shit. Uh, you know, I, I think there was a picture of him with his shirt off that he posted like two years ago, where he just looked incredible. So, I mean, he influenced people like Arnold Schwarzenegger when it came to in the bodybuilding world, and he was also a strongman before that. I mean, he fought an orangutan at a carnival and got screwed over from the the uh, carny for the money afterwards. But literally, I mean, it just. All the stories that you hear about him. Mean, he's a very interesting guy. Chris Jericho has a great interview uh, with him that you can listen to as a podcast. JBL has one on the network. There's a lot of stuff of his, of his uh, wrestling matches on the network. You know, during that era, it's very hard, uh, obviously, because you, you have to readapt everything. And, like, there's a great one with him and George, the Animal Steel, but it's from the early 70s, and, and the sound keeps on going in and out. They had to repiece it. But it's still worth a watch. I would definitely recommend it because he's just a classic wrestler, and he was a classic babyface. I mean, he's up there, top babyface, just like Hulk Hogan and, and your Ricky Steamboats and your Rey Mysterio. It's just a pure babyface that people loved. Uh, anyways, Chris, uh, definitely want to hear some, some stuff from you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being from, you know, Hall County, Georgia, um, I didn't watch a whole bunch of – Bruno San Martino growing up, but, you know, as time went on and I watched, you know, all of the WrestleManias and um, became more of a fan of the WWF product, you just heard his name over and over and over again of what he, you know, how big of a legend was. And then you go back and you watch WrestleMania 1 uh, with his son wrestling and him kind of being in his corner against, uh, you know, Bruce Beefcake and I, I believe Johnny Valiant was the manager at the time. And just, like, how good he was even at brawling then, and the fact that he still wrestled and had, you know, feuds, like, little feuds, not long feuds, against people like Macho Man Randy Savage, um, and uh, matches against George the Animal still, and we're talking about mid-80s at this point. So there's still a lot of stuff that you can watch on him that's more, I guess, what you would consider, consider like, outside of the WWF era. Obviously, my, my favorite match is, I think we were talking about this in the pre-show was uh, Stan Hansen versus <laughs> versus uh, San Martino in a steel cage match and just how hot the crowd was, uh, not only because Stan Hansen he's wrestling and people hated him, but just how over Bruno San Martino was. And if I had to compare him to anyone as far as a regional, um, which obviously was more than one region up in New York, but you could definitely compare him to someone like, uh, as far as popularity with the crowd, like the Von Erics or Dusty Rhodes, as far as just how popular he was and how much he meant. And the fact that they just couldn't find anyone to replace him for years. Um, anyone that they tried to even kind of build up to be the next guy just wasn't Bruno San Martino. And even going back to the 80s, when he, when he in the late, you know, the late, the, the later years in his career when he was still wrestling, um, for WWF, he, he like it's well known that he was in better shape than 90% of wrestlers, and like a lot of times he would they would end up like running out of steam, and he, he's still raring to go. Um, one thing I will say is you know the WWF it, you get he he did get criticism from like people like Ric Flair with with the way he wrestled and, and kind of some of that. I think the styles are completely different between the NWA and obviously uh, the WWF of that time period, but. San Martino, you know, longest title run in history. Uh, prob- that probably will never be touched. I can't see anyone getting close to that. I think it was like, what? It's, it's something ridiculous. Like, it's, it's years and years. It's not a year. So, you know, the rest of the San Martino, uh, a legend, well-deserved. I respect him as a person. I respect that uh, 
you know, he kept heat with Vince McMahon for a long time when the product was kind of uh, more racy and edgy and refused to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and kind of stood his ground on that until they buried the hatchet. There's a lot of things I respect about him. And uh, obviously we lost the legend, so uh, I guess heart goes out to his family. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about something else before I get all teary-eyed over here. Yeah, we'll, well, I'll wrap this up. And uh, it was actually 11 years, and that was the second time he held it. I think it was actually the time where he came back because Vince Sr. begged him to, basically, and he held it for 11 years until um, I think Bob, Bob – was it Bob Backlund who took it off of him? Either way. Like I said, man, huge legend. Uh, I would also, real quick before we move on, want to recommend the Roddy Roddy Piper stuff that he had in the 80s. That was fun because Piper got him out of retirement. Well, he, I, their situation made it look like that. But anyways, they have a Piper's Pit was in a collection of Bruno stuff on network. It's uh, towards the end. They first have a Piper's Pit in which Piper basically does something to him and low blows him or does something and Bruno starts beating the crap out of him. Then they have a follow-up match where at the beginning, Piper uh, starts attacking Bruno as soon as he starts entering the, the thing. I mean, it's, it's just vicious, and it's a lot of fun, and it's great to see both those guys um, in matches. They have a, uh, another follow-up match in the cage. All of them are great stuff. Just check it out, guys. He is the living legend. Uh, all right, well, uh, you know, uh, we just talked about that. Let's move on. So, Chris, there's been uh, something going on called the uh, WWE Superstar Shakeup. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, Vince hates terms like draft, even though uh, that would make more sense to try to make it look like a legitimate sport, like you know New Japan does and how they used to do. I don't, I don't really get it. But um, so instead of drafts, like they would have both commissioners and and uh, whatnot, whoever the the head guys were of Raw and SmackDown like they did in the early 2000s, starting off with Vince and uh, Ric Flair back in the day, uh, you know, everyone would come out and everyone would make a choice. Instead, with the shakeup, this last year and now this year and following, we have random wrestlers showing up on uh, both sides. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, I'm gonna go into a list, but just based on what we received as the product going into it, I think SmackDown actually got the uh, better end. Uh, how do you feel? I kind of agree with you. Uh, I didn't get to watch SmackDown Live. I actually had to watch it this morning. Uh, but right after, I had a couple people tell me that SmackDown had become SmartDown. So I was excited to see what happened. Um, basically, I guess the, you know, the joke being that all of the people, all the must-see people or the top talent people or, or the, you know, the indie darlings to some extent had gotten moved over to SmackDown. And then once I look at the complete rosters and what they did, I, I see where they were, see where they were coming from on this. So when I call it SmackDown, but obviously they were you know poking fun at how good the SmackDown roster had gotten uh, through this shakeup. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on uh, the roster and agree with them also. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I do agree with that concept because. I told you, and maybe it really wouldn't work out the more I was thinking about it because I don't think they would be able to apply it with the women's division and tag division, but I would have enjoyed if they based a lot of the uh, more technical, smaller dudes. Um, like, you know, when I say smaller, these guys are still six foot and way huger than I am. But, you know, keep AJ Styles and, and, and your Daniel Bryans, maybe Samoa Joe as a big guy, uh, but try to get the IC title over there, Finn Balor, you know, and then make more of the bigger guys, your Jinder Mahals, 
for your old school, if you will, like we were just talking about WWF style wrestling, they're over on Raw. So you get more of a spectacle with that. Braun Strowman stays, Rusev goes there. Um, and then SmackDown's more of the wrestling show, if you will. See, I don't know if that would be a good idea. I guess you need to differentiate, and that's definitely what they did. Um, so we'll, we'll just go into each. I'll, I'll go through and ask you who you think was the best, basically, and uh, who you were surprised with. Uh, but we'll do Raw first. Uh, Jinder Mahal came in with the U.S. title. Uh, Jeff Hardy came out uh, because, well, he mouthed it off. You, Kurt Angle, you shouldn't do that, I guess. Um, he was demanding stuff too much, damn it. Uh, so, yeah, Jinder went in, and Jeff Hardy beat him and left. And uh, as, we'll, as we'll talk, he went to SmackDown. So we got Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn, both great gets, lots of heels. Dolph Ziggler, who's now with Drew McIntyre, or as I call it, D-Next. Um, I mean, come on. I, I, I jumped around about that, but we all know that well, Dolph definitely likes Shawn Michaels, if you can't fucking tell. I mean, he skins a cat more than um, a person that would skin cats a lot. Sorry, that was going to be good, but <laughs> shit happens. Uh, and Drew McIntyre has, has always has been positioned as Vince's, uh, you know, Triple H clone for a very long time, which I find funny is that guys that Vince is high on, they always have like a Triple H quality to them. You know, whether it be Sheamus or, or Roman Reigns, they're all good-looking, thick guys. Not exactly the best wrestler, but pretty good brawler type, heels, Drew McIntyre. And then Triple H is, is like Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. It's very strange. But anyways, yeah. So we got Drew McIntyre, D-Nex, uh, Natalia, who's somehow babyface. That's not going to last long. Uh, Baron Corbin, uh, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, The Riot Squad, Mojo Rawley, Zack Ryder, Brazango, Essentia, and the Incension, I mean, and Mike Kanellis. All right. How do you feel about that addition to Raw? I, I basically think, you know, some, some of the stuff makes sense. I think you're, the Mike Kanellis being moved, he's going to be kind of their Miz with uh, Maria when she comes back. I'm going to assume they're going to go Miz Maurice type storyline. The Ascension getting added and Brizango getting added. They're trying to flesh out the tag division there, so I have no problems with it. Obviously, they're just going to be fodder. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I mean fodder for whatever tag team they're going to be pushing in the near, near future. Um, that's my guess. And uh, Zack Ryder, uh, he's going to be <sighs> similar to the role that. They had R-Truth and Goldust in, would be my guess, getting people over. I don't know what they're going to do with Mojo Raleigh. That's kind of the big, are they going to try to push him, or is he going to be, are they going to throw him back in a tag team? Um, he had a decent heel turn. I just, they didn't really have anything for him to do on SmackDown, so maybe this helps him. I, I'm not sure. Um, it's weird. I, I think Chad Gable could do big things. Kind of excited for him. Uh, the Riot Squad being... There, I kind of when, when as soon as they announced it, I assumed it was going to be a flip flop between like uh, Absolution and the Riot Squad. I was like, okay, they're just going to move them around so people aren't tired of seeing them week to week. Uh, Natalia, I think they're setting her up like obviously probably to be Ronda Rousey's next opponent is going to be my guess. Like at whatever pay per view, it's kind of been out there that she's been training. Um, Ronda, and I think it's a good person for Ronda to have a match against for her first singles match or first big singles match. So if they're doing it for that reason, that makes sense. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, 
also, if this is going to be Natalia, I don't know how much longer Natalia is planning on sticking around, but if this is going to be her, like, last run this year or whatever, it would make sense for her to end it on Raw. I think she's had a pretty good career. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler being, I guess, a group or tag team, weird if they're going that route, um, just because that's going to give them way more tag teams than they've had on Raw. And I, I don't know what that does to that division. It's kind of like, it, it kind of reminds me of what they did with Sheamus and Cesaro, where they're, they may just be sticking two guys together um, and then building a feud out of it. And then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, I just don't know, I guess, I don't know where they're going to go with that. Like, I don't know, are you going to just go back to the well with Sami versus Owens, or are you going to go, are you going to have them actually challenge for the, you know, I guess, your mid-card title, the IC title, that would make some sense. Um, all of a sudden, the heavyweight division looks kind of flat. Wow. Uh, you know what I just realized, Chris? I'm going to send it right back to you. Okay, let, let's think about this. Jinder Mahal, he, uh, heel. Kevin Owens and Sammy, heels. Dolph Ziggler and Drew, heels, or at least that's what they look like. Natalia most likely will become a heel again. Baron Corbin, heel. Bobby Roode. Uh, I guess they'll keep him as a baby face, but he's better as a heel. Chad Gable, last time that he was around, he was a heel. Riot Squad, heels. Mojo Raleigh, heel. And then you got Zach Ryer and Brazango, obviously, our baby face. Sension, I guess, our baby face. And Mike Kanellis, I have no idea. I guess heel uh, because of his wife and the way they were displayed before him. But do you see what I'm saying? Like how many heels have been added? Yeah, and I mean, not only that, but you just, I, I'm assuming that Bobby Lashley is going to be playing a heel role. Authors of Pain, obviously, are going to be heels. Ember Moon and No Way Jose will be faces. I guess, you know, they made those debuts um, on on the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, but, but my weird, my thing here is you have Brock Lesnar as champ. You have Roman Reigns. You just moved Samoa Joe. Who's there to go after the title after Roman Reigns? Because Seth has Seth is already your IC champ, so it can't be Seth. So it leaves you with Finn Balor, um, Braun, Strowman. They want to go that route, and then who's stepping up to take those guys on, or put them over, or get them in the position where they're really there to get you know where they're available to get the title. Um, I thought they were really top-heavy when Smojo was healthy, and they had, you know, Braun was there, and Roman was there, and Seth and Dean were there, and they were regaining the shield, but now all of a sudden it looks like the heavyweight division, the thing that you most wrestling fans want to see, um, the top gun, so to speak, the, the, the SmackDown side of things looks way more stacked. Yep, this is, this is very strange in how it's going to play out. Definitely changes will have to be made. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, I mean, some of them, I, I, it's funny that the baby faces that they potentially have, um, have either shown better as heels, uh, with Chad Gable, um, Bobby Roode, and also Natalia. And then the other ones are just kind of pointless. Uh, Zach Ryder, no offense, Rosango, Ascension, Mike Kanellis, whatever they do with him. It just, yeah, it's just very, they put a lot of bad guys on the show and they got rid of Jeff Hardy. They got rid of. Uh, the bar, you know, without Finn Balor, which we'll talk about in a second. So it's 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 very strange, but um, maybe what, what they I have maybe Drew Mac. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say just, maybe Dolph Ziggler. 
and Drew McIntyre aren't going to be a heel faction. Maybe they're going to be two guys working together, not necessarily a tag team, and they'll end up becoming baby faces. They're just trying to see where the crowd goes with them. Uh, what were you going to say? Uh, the only thing I was going to say is with, with Chad Gable, we haven't ever seen him work by himself. So they could kind of do anything they want with him, to be honest. That's true. I don't think you would have a problem adapting to being a face. And maybe they go that route and they give you, you know, someone to cheer for against, like, say, a Kevin Owens or a Sami Zayn if they get the title from Seth. Um, and then you can push Seth back up into the uh, main title card, which is where I think he needs to be right now. I actually think if you're going to put the belt on anyone right now, um, it's either got to be Braun or Seth if you're going to take it off Roman. But I don't, I don't know how they're going to – if they go the route of Roman, then it would make sense that Seth would be the one to take or at least battle Roman just because of the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Yeah. I guess that's why all three of them are still on the same thing because I really thought the IC title was definitely going to SmackDown. Um, but maybe they want to try to do the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing once Dean's back, possibly, again. Or at least leave that door open. Speaking of which, I'm very surprised that they put Jeff and Matt on different places. I know that Matt uh, has potential, well, just because the bar also moved to SmackDown, so it wouldn't make sense that they win the Raw tag team titles. Uh, but it looks like Matt and, and Bray have potential to get together, but still, you know, that experiment doesn't work out. Matt and Jeff are now on opposite places. So some of them are, are strange. Uh, I'm gonna just going to go down before I move on and kind of like, give my to like who I would trade off or if I would keep it gender, I think is a good fit. I think he's a good fit for the show. I like his heel work. He's all right in the ring. Um, Kevin Owens and Sammy, I think needed a new place to go. Dolph also kind of could have used that drew McIntyre. I knew he was going wherever, wherever Vince wanted him and Vince controls raw. Um, he really likes him. Talia could have used some new scenery. Um, Baron Corbin's a good pick. Bobby Roode's not bad. I think I would have given, actually, instead of Chad Gable, I think I would have sent Shelton Benjamin over there, kept him as a heel, and then maybe tried the baby-face thing with Chad Gable, you know, where he can wrestle with uh, AJ Styles and Shinsuke and Daniel Bryan. Um, he's not going to have a lot of people that he can, you know, well, he's pretty strong for his size, for, da- for, for damn sure, but I don't know. He could get exposed and put on 205 Live because Vince's like, what's this little guy here for? I'm just kidding. I love 205 Live, guys. I do. Um, Riot Squad, yeah, need a change of scenery. And the rest, I just don't really care about. Uh, all right, anyways, did you have any more statements about Raw's uh, newest members before we go on the SmackDown, Chris? Uh, you know, outside of just the fact that I, I would keep an eye on Chad Gable because I think he's going to end up going – he's going to end up being, the, like, kind of the guy that goes against your Sami Zayn's and Kevin Owens card very soon. And I think he'll have great matches with both of them, maybe leading up to like an IC title match against Seth or something, which could be interesting. Then also, what happened to Kurt Angle's son? Like, he hasn't been mentioned well, I was in a while. Say, is that I was going to say, is when that, Jason that Jordan... That building? That's what I'm wondering. If Jason Jordan's coming back, do you think that that's why they put Chad Gable on Raw to keep the whole son thing there, but also to have a potential feud between Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, if you will? I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, that's the smart move. But also, I think you see his potential, and now you have you have another guy for someone like Finn Balor and Seth Rollins to really show their talent off against, because they can have similar matches like AJ Styles had against uh, against Chad Gable. So I, I would assume, you know, Sami Zayn, um, Seth Rollins, 
Finn Balor, Jason Jordan when he comes back just as a feud. I, I think he has plenty of stuff to do, and I think there's an easy way to make him a, either a good guy or a heel, depending on which way they want to go. I think the wrong way to go is make him the heel against Jason Jordan because I think the crowd likes Chad Gable better. Um, but, you know, what do I do? They do. Well, you know, I mean, we, we can just hear fans and know our own instincts. Uh, I think Vince kind of lost that sense a while back. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. And, and worse comes to worse, put those guys back in the tag team together as American Alpha. You know, instead of pairing two guys that are single competitors, you have tag teams already. It's really weird. Split the tag teams up, and we put two guys that are not normally together and make them tag teams. Huh. Anyways, I agree with you, and I would look around and be like, look what the Usos were able to do. I want to do that. Or look what New Day was able to do. Look at those title runs. Look at the matches they were able to have. If I was Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, that would be something that I would definitely be pitching because there needs to be a dominant, really good tag team on Raw. But maybe that could be the, maybe that's yep. the spot that they both should be in. I completely agree, man. Think about how amazing, and, and, you know, Bludgeon Brothers or whatever, you know, they're definitely in cosplay or going to some type of LARP event. Uh, but I love Luke Harper, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and keep on going for this thing because of him uh, and, until whatever happens. But I'm just saying, if you threw another tag team in, in that mix uh, with uh, the New Day and Usos, it would have been an awesome tag team. It would have been American Alpha. They had great matches with the Usos. Um, so... Yeah, or the Hardys, I guess. I don't know. Either way. But anyways, let's move over to SmackDown, talk about some of these uh, new superstars. Of course, we knew about this, and I love the intro of this concept, Chris, with uh, Kurt Angle just letting the Miz know, the Miz is not coming. You're not staying on Raw. I'm done with you. You're going to SmackDown because uh, this guy named Daniel Bryan still has pull there and requests for you to get moved there. So now the Miz is leaving Raw, leaving his IC title, to a place by himself. Ms. Tarash is no more. I'm wondering what's going to happen with those two guys. I hope that they realize that, especially with uh, Curtis Axel, those guys got individual pops. So you could probably throw them back in the mid-card game. And I put them ahead of Mike Kanellis. I'm sorry. You know, I think that Bo Dallas and, and uh, Curtis Axel, they deserve to be in, some, some, in, in the U.S. title picture. You know, just something. Uh, I don't know. But anyways, the Miz. We got the Miz, we got Samoa Joe, we got Asuka, which got Samoa Joe called out, said that he was going to destroy Daniel Bryan, he was going to defang Randy Orton, and he was going to take the title away from AJ Styles. We all know that AJ and Samoa Joe have some history together. And we have Asuka, we have Jeff Hardy, we have The Bar, uh, Andrade Cien Almos and Zelina Vega. Uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, which I'm wondering what they're going to do with. They need new theme. They don't need Paige's theme. That's just awkward to me. Sanity's coming. Uh, apparently, from what Dave Metzler spe- speculates, the reason why Nikki Cross is not coming with them is they need another baby face besides Carrie Zane to battle Shanna Baszler and uh, Nikki's that other person, basically. So the other three are coming up. They're going on SmackDown. So there's rumors that Bray Wyatt is going to be a part of Sanity. Uh, at least for now, until they do another shakeup, which I think happens after SummerSlam. I wouldn't see that happening. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are away from Finn Balor, but they're back near AJ Styles. They're going as the Good Brothers. I don't know if they're going to be heels or babyface. Big Cass definitely going as heel. Um, he 
just decimated Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. We have Sin Cara, and then we have R-Truth. So uh, I'll let you go through that list. Uh, what, what do you think about it, Chris? I think SmackDown definitely got the better end of the deal simply because of the feuds that they're able to build out of this. You get Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan, who they both have, you know, history. Uh, you get Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, they have history. You get Samoa Joe versus Nakamura, it's, which to my recollection, I don't think they've ever faced each other. So that in itself is, is very cool. So that when, when people are talking about the smart thing, this is where some of these come into play. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles again. Uh, which hasn't happened since TNA. Um, some of these matches, some of the, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson being back with AJ Styles, the, the, the kind of reunitement of the actual Bullet Club, the one that got so popular in New Japan with, with you know, AJ, Luke, and Carl, kind of in the same way that, you know, you had Omega and in, in the Elite, and, you know, Nick, and, uh, Nick and Matt, uh, Young Bucks. <laughs> I think the bar getting moved is is was necessary, uh, especially after taking that loss to Braun. Um, they have to be reestablished, and maybe it ends up with a blow-up with those two guys. Maybe Cesaro comes out smelling like roses or, or vice versa. Feud out of that. It's been a while since they went down that road. Um, big one I'm excited for is Andretti Cianamos. I think that he fills a role there as a heel that they, they've needed. Um the move with Nakamura they made, I think, makes sense now, knowing how many heels they moved off the show. <laughs> yep. So bringing him up kind of fills a spot. Sanity I'm excited for. I think it'll be really fun to see Sanity versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, it'll also be really fun to see what they do with Eric Young, who also, once again, has experience with both Samoa Joe um, and AJ Styles. Hopefully they don't minimize his role. Uh, it does suck uh, that... Uh, Nikki Cross isn't coming over with them. I understand why they're doing it. Hopefully, she rejoins them at some point. Uh, I think I think she's a big part of that group, and it was always awesome watching her. You know, get involved in the matches against people like the War Machine, and 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 seeing her dedication to the group kind of showed their bond as a crew. Uh, I think that she was a big part of it. Um, I'm glad that they kept Selena Vega with uh, Andrade Cianama, though. I was happy about that. And then uh, I don't know. Did you talk about Big Cass? I can't remember. I uh, did. Big Cass. I, I mentioned Big Cass. Okay, he's very he's very interesting too because there's so many different ways they could go with him now that basically uh, his little buddy is completely out of the picture and has been gone for a while, and he's been off TV for so long. I mean, if they want to give him a hard push, they could. I think what realistically will happen is his debut will probably be that SmackDown before that Royal Rumble. And then him kind of having the cane spot where he eliminates a bunch of people, which I think they said there's going to be 50 people in that match or something ridiculous. So big cast. 50, yeah. If they wanted to give him a huge push, they could do the thing where he eliminates like half of them or something and breaks Kane's record without it looking ridiculous because there's going to be like 50 people. (laughs) So... Um, Sin Cara coming back, I, I think he's just relegated to the mid-card, unfortunately. Um, they just don't have anything for him to do. The fans aren't really behind him. They like doing the Lucha chant, but outside of that, it's, I, I think the closest they got was with him and Dolph Ziggler, where uh, was it, it, was, it was Ziggler, right? They kept trying to take his mask off like a while back, and he kind of had that little... It was either Ziggler or Baron uh, Corbin, but yeah... 
Yeah, it was Baron Corbin. That's right. And it kind of brought out this like meanness in Sin Cara that I think that the fans could kind of relate to. And uh, maybe if they do something like that, it'd be be cool. Our truth being there, he's just going to be the mid card guy for quick matches. Um, it's kind of been where he's at for a while, which sucks because I think Ron Killings is a great heel and always has been, and, and they just haven't realized him right since that storyline with John Cena. Um, and then they gave him little Jimmy. Uh, and then after that, his career's been like your opening match guy or mid guy, kind of like a gatekeeper in a lot of ways. Yeah, poor R-Truth. That was pretty funny, though, when he was with the New Day and they were walking him to SmackDown, he, and he, he was like, I'm so happy to be on Raw. They're like, it's not Raw. It's SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, yeah, let me go up. Yeah, R-Truth is a lot of fun, man. I wish they would give him a little bit more to do, but, uh, you know, he's getting older anyways. I'm sure he 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 likes his paychecks and being a part of the WWE just fine. All right, so since well, I, mean, I agree the, with you. Uh, well, the one thing I'll say about R-Truth is he always seems happy to do whatever they ask him to do. And yeah. That's, that's awesome, because I think that uh, he does all the B-Star stuff. He does pretty much every every season of what ride along and everything. So he's a good employee and he's a good guy for the slot that they're putting in. And he'll be one of those guys that's going to be probably back in creative or training dudes. You know, once he finally does retire, WWE will take care of him for sure. He's, he's a very committed uh, member, but Sinkara, Yeah. And I, 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 I do agree with you. Uh, I did like how they kind of at least gave him a little bit of offense against uh, Samoa Joe, but he's someone good to have maybe as a uh, first person to go against Andrade Cien Almos. You can mix their styles. He'll play the baby face. You know, he can cream him in, in two or three matches or whatever, but it could be someone to like start off with him. Uh, you know, both of them being Lucha Libre based. Um, big cast. It's good to have another, it's good to have a big guy, another one on the show. Um, Daniel Bryan, I wish that we were just going for him in the Miz right now. I think that they didn't need to go big cast, Daniel Bryan, but hey, whatever. I think that gas I've, from the matches, especially the four-way match that he had with Kevin Owens and two other people, maybe it was Seth Rollins or someone else, uh, for the title that he lost. He actually showed me, you know, in, in, in other matches that he can wrestle, especially for his size. Like, I love Kevin Nash, but he was never graceful. So, Hey, whatever. Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Now, Gallows actually is someone that's tall that can move his ass. Um, I hope to see some interaction with him, them, and uh, AJ Styles in a positive way. Don't try to get away from that. Like, that's a good aspect to have on the show. Don't waste it. Sanity coming. Without, without Nikki Cross, it's kind of disappointing, um, but it'll be interesting. Uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, I don't really care. Split them up. Let them do individual things. They shouldn't even be together anymore. And like I said, get rid of Paige's music for it. It just it's not gonna work, especially I wonder how they're gonna have that whole thing play out. I'm dirty seeing almost think it's gonna be awesome. Um I would love, even though they're both heels for him and Shinsuke to match, you know, styles. Uh he's gonna have some great matches potentially with Dan O'Brien and, and, and AJ and all these guys. So um, and the fact that I am actually excited even though he lost, um that Shelton Benjamin um, is going to be individual too. That's another aspect that I'm very excited about. The bar being there is cool. Like you said, if things don't work out, split them up, do whatever you have to do. Jeff Hardy being there is pretty cool with the U S title. Don't see him having it long, but Jeff Hardy, man, crazy. Uh, I looked up, 
she is qualified for both the um, the Grand Slam champion for the last the previous way of every title that you needed for it, and this version, this run up. Besides the Universal, he he already has it, but he, the only the only titles that he has not achieved in the WWE uh, for the current lineup is the Universal title and SmackDown tag. Uh, the Cruiserweight's not actually a part of it because it doesn't count because you have to be a certain weight class for it. But that's that's insane to think about um, throughout the course of his career. Oscar. Awesome. Charlotte, her, Becky Lynch, all of them being the same exact same. It's going to be a lot of fun in that aspect. Samoa Joe, we already talked about it. You know, him, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Andretti Cien Almos. You know, the babyface team that you can put against him, Andretti, and Shinsuke will be just scary. So that's pretty awesome. And The Miz. Yeah, we're going to get The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, shake things up, maybe give him the U.S. title so you have a new title to run with. Uh, a lot, a lot of good things. Um, he actually has a better chance of getting the uh, the world heavyweight title than the universe title. That's another good thing. Um, it's just funny. Like, let's see, let's see what I was doing beforehand. Miz is a heel edition. Samojo heel. Oscar's obviously babyface. Jeff Hardy's a babyface. The bar's heel. Dreddy and Zelina both heel. Sonya and Mandy heel. Sandy, it looks like they're going to treat him like heels, but I'm hoping they're going to stay as babyface, goofy and lovable. Uh, Anderson Gallows is another one we don't know exactly what they're doing with them. We just got a package. Big cast a heel, some cars babyface, whatever. Our truth is babyface. So, yeah, it looks like not as much, but this was switching heels up from both shows to add some, uh, and a couple babyfaces for SmackDown to add some more, you know, new rivalries or restore old rivalries. So, all in all, I like the shakeup. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's very interesting. I like that they're doing this. I would prefer this to be a draft and kind of like even do the original aspects where the wrestlers don't even know where the fuck they're going and just go from there uh, every year, kind of treat it like a sport. But, you know, he likes to be Barnum and Bailey, or talking about Vince, and have a whole spectacle. So what are you going to do? Uh, Chris, any last words about the superstar shakeup before we move on? Yeah, my big problem is people that were drafted to a brand who weren't addressed, such as Jericho, um, who was obviously drafted to SmackDown last year, Undertaker, uh, Brock Lesnar was not part of the shakeup. Um, this is the reason they called it a shakeup and not a draft. I'm curious if they're going to do a full draft, because they have called it a draft in the past, where it's the full roster, um, yeah. up to like 20 or whatever. It's, it's why I don't like... Calling it a shakeup is basically saying, hey, we really don't want to move everybody, so we don't want to do this whole show that's a draft. Maybe that's a ratings thing. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I'm, I'm like you. I wish it was more like a draft. I wish that you had trades. Daniel Bryan into bringing over the Miztourage or something weird, like where you get some weird storyline where you have like, oh, we brought this tag team over, and in exchange you get an extra draft pick kind of thing. Like, I think that would be a fun, dumb thing they could do. Um, I, I'm not saying treat it like it's, like, the NFL and have, like, all these conversations and, like, phone calls and then they come up and put on a T-shirt at the, the podium or anything. But, like, treat it with, like, these people don't know where they're going. Because um, in some cases they didn't know where they were going, according to the Wrestling Observer. So uh, it's interesting. <laughs> But uh, Raw, the the thing about Raw is, like, 
their roster is still way larger, and they still got more picks than SmackDown, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, so it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I was kind of surprised the New Day didn't get moved. The New Day um, would have been the tag team that got moved off SmackDown, honestly. But maybe they see them as like a pillar of SmackDown in the same way they see AJ Styles or something. Absolutely. Um, I I thought Finn was going to move, honestly. I thought Finn needed a change of uh, scenery just because he's not doing the demon, so he doesn't have this intimidating extra layer of whatever mythos that, that Vince throws on him to to basically make it okay with Vince for him to fight guys that are way bigger than him, even though he's fine. Um, although I do love the demon makeup, and I kind of miss it. But either way, I was surprised that he didn't go. Um but yeah, this it could be, you know, a clusterfuck, and it's definitely an improvement uh, from the original draft. I listened to um, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard when him and um, when he was going over the original draft and trying to talk to Vince about it. And Vince, you know, within the draft, he like Bruce realized that Vince is putting the tag teams on one show. And they're not going to be on the other ones. And he's like, we either need two sets of tag teams or, well, there won't be tag teams on Raw. And that was the mindset. It's like, all right, well, never mind. And, like, literally <laughs> within the picks, one of them was the, was the hardcore title who was attached to a person, but that was one of the picks that they got. So uh, Vince is, uh, is a very strange bird, and he has a certain way he looks at it. And who am I to judge, right? <laughs> That's a yeah. joke. For sure. So I have a fucking show. Ah, anyways. Um, but I'm not a douchebag about it. T. Ah, all right. Well, we kind of we kind of just talked about it a little bit, Chris. And let's go in deep about this greatest Royal Rumble uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's a 10-year deal they're doing with Saudi Arabia at, I think, that one arena. Um, and, man, they must be paying a lot of money because this is honestly the biggest card probably of this year outside of WrestleMania. Um, I, I can't think of it really. I mean, the, the the fact that they have 50 people going in the World Rumble and then all these other matches afterwards is ridiculous. Um, so the, let's just talk about the concept of a 50-man Royal Rumble. Um, now, well, actually, maybe we should go over the matches so we can have in our head fresh who's not going to be a part of it. So actually, let's do that. Um, All right, so we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a cage match uh, for the WWE Universal Championship. Chris, they're doing this in Saudi Arabia because he's over more in Saudi Arabia. God, how do you feel about this match? I don't know if they're doing it because he's more over in Saudi Arabia. I think they're doing it because... That's what the claims are. Didn't the the Prince of Saudi Arabia sign, according to Forbes, they signed a 10-year deal with Vince for a lot of money. Because um, he's got to get that XFL money up. Um, so this thing is going to be going for 10 years. It may not be the same thing every year, but they, they signed a 10-year entertainment deal with Saudi Arabia. So there's going to be events there um, for the next 10 years. Uh, this is just a banger of a card, so this must have been the bonus that Vince got the money he wanted for or wanted out of the deal for this. But there, there's news art. There's several well-reported news articles. It's not just me throwing that out there, but like Forbes is reporting a business deal pretty much guaranteed that that, that was the thing. Um, as far as that match goes, like, Brock Lesnar just beat the hell out of Roman Reigns in a normal match. 
So having a cage match doesn't really give Roman Reigns any advantage uh, whatsoever. Now he can't really use any guardrails or anything to get away from Brock Lesnar. So I, I don't get... The cage match is usually because one person is constantly cheating his way out of a situation, and they haven't done that with Brock Lesnar. If they wanted to do this, they should have had Brock Lesnar take an ass-whipping and Paul Heyman save him. And then you set up the cage match, and then that's how you book that. And that's not me saying that. That's just how it's been booked throughout the history of all time. Because the whole point of the cage is that no one can interfere in theory. Um, also, WWE cage matches kind of suck because it's going to be like pinfall submission or whoever climbs over the top rope or over the top of the cage or through the door or whatever. So there's like four ways to win. So I guess they're just trying to give Roman Reigns an out to walk out with his title belt if you go that route. Who's winning? Probably Reigns. I'm, I don't think that they wanted to do that at Mania. I think they felt like the, the crowd got a little blown up after seven hours and... and they changed that finish. I still think that was the case. And also, uh, I will say, I went back and watched that. I think you're right. He did bust him open. It was just such a shitty spot and such a terrible match after seven hours. I really thought that that shit was, like, completely bullshit. But I went back and watched it. I think Roman Reigns, um, or he's been lovingly called after wearing the crimson face paint, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 God. Uh, uh, did get busted open, so I apologize for last week, but the fucking match was so terrible anyways that the blood didn't mean anything. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I'm still thinking Roman is walking out with a title. All right, do, do, have you heard these new rumors now that, that all this extra information about Vince getting mad about it and blah, 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 all of it was apparently a work, and that Vince seeded all that shit because he's trying to throw off uh, the Wrestling Observer and most of the other newsletters. Do you think that has any type of truth to it? Um, and I, mean, I also agree with you. you. I, think, I think Roman Reigns is winning this. I think if you if you give Brock Lesnar an extra ten thousand dollars to throw a t- title at you in the back and act piss off, he'll probably do it. <laughs> Brock Lesnar doesn't talk to the media, so he's the perfect guy to not do that if you're trying to swerve. Someone. Let me talk you know. to you, Brock. So I'm going to give you an extra $10,000. And all I want you to do is, when you get a gorilla, throw the Universal title at me. Yep. Uh, he is I mean, crazy, that sounds man. like something Vince would do. I, I don't even think that's crazy. I, I don't even think it's crazy. Like, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. For him? Carry out. Well, for Vince to tell, like, to, to actually try to swerve a crowd for once instead of just being like, okay, yeah, it is what it is. Like, he's probably tired of, like, everything Roman Reigns does being the centerfold of every observer ever. So this is a good way to spin it, to make it look like Brock's pissed off at him, you know. And maybe he, he swerves all of us and Brock demolishes Roman again. He's like, nope, it's, you, thought, you thought Roman was my guy, but Brock is actually my guy. Hey, Dad. He Brock uh, the hey, Dad, they think that what you're going to do with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is have Brock win at WrestleMania next year. Well, then we're changing it right at the last minute. Yep, exactly <laughs> what happened. I really believe that probably did happen. I don't care. This one's the least of my concern on it. Roman Reigns comes out with the, U- the Universal title. It's, he's still going to get the same fucking reaction with the damn belt. 
So hopefully we figure something out. The thing that pisses me off, Chris, and we'll, we'll move on. We have plenty of friggin' time, so we can kind of like talk a little bit more. But, you know, I watched that video. I didn't check out any of his stuff from NXT. But just seeing that interview and then going back and watching a couple of matches from back then of when he was in NXT, when he had this cocky, arrogant heel-ness to him, and then even him with, with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. of being this, this still dominant type of force, but it was, why the fuck are they just not turning him heel? I just don't get it. I know you're going to say, I don't know, Dane. I don't have an answer for you. But it just does not make any sense. He actually plays a legitimate heel. It's not just the fact that it's not working for him as a baby face. It would actually work better if he was a fucking heel. He might get over as a baby face if they did it. Oh. Do you have any answers at all or no? I need a Tylenol. I mean, I think I think the answer. I, I think you put laid out what everyone's been laying out for the past, like you know, since he broke up with the Shield. He's just better as a heel. I mean, if they wanted to go the route of having Seth Rollins be the heel coming out, they should have just had Roman Reigns be his bodyguard and do like a Diesel Shawn Michaels kind of thing. And then you have you know Seth be too shitty to him, and then you create a babyface out of that. But, like, naturally, Roman Reigns, the way he talks, he's got a swagger about him. Obviously, really in shape, good-looking dude. People nowadays, the average wrestling fan doesn't relate to that in the way that Vince wants. And uh, they just, I mean, it just equates more to being a heel, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't help that he does have, like, a, you know, like a low-key swagger. And, I mean, they did, the, they did the same thing with the Usos. Like, they put the, they put the, the Usos were over with the fans. That's good, guys. They put him with Roman Reigns for, like, ten minutes on a pay-per-view, and then they were hated, and they had to just turn them heel. I don't understand why they could do it with the Usos and not with Roman Reigns. To actually answer your question, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) I don't know why they haven't turned him heel. I mean, it's the same reason they didn't turn Cena heel. I guess they, you know, he's getting a reaction, so it doesn't really matter if he's still her face, and you don't have to worry about booking him in weird ways, but I don't think you you have to do that. I mean, you don't have to book Roman Reigns in weird ways because you've made him such a dominant force. All you have to do is have him beat the shit out of everyone else's favorites. Um, the perfect thing to do would have been to put him against Daniel Bryan and have him beat Daniel Bryan in a really shitty way and then demolish him with a chair or something something similar to what Kevin Owens would do, not what Roman Reigns would do. And then have Roman talk about how he's doing this because of how much he hates the crowd. And how he's not the big dog anymore. He's the lone dog, and everybody needs to watch out because he's fucking rabid. Like, it'd be like the easiest promo to cut in the world, basically. Then when he calls himself the lone dog, all of a sudden, like, Baron, Baron Corbin comes up, hey, I'm like the lone wolf, man. And then goes back. Like, that'd be really cool. But no, I, I, I really actually, from making a shitty joke about Baron Corbin, uh, I completely agree with you. I mean, he has all the reason to do it. He has all, all the fuel of just going out and just being like, I hate all of you people. I tried so hard to, to be your hero, and you shat on me the whole entire time. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a badass, and I'm going to go and do some, some healer shit. You know he goes after first? But I'm dead serious. Doesn't make him look weak. Attacks Braun Strowman with some type of whatever from behind and just gets a little bit of revenge from him. Puts him out for a week. You know, does it so that Braun doesn't look weak because of the fact that he does just in a way, maybe hits him with a car or something like that to some extent, you know, and then keeps on going, like you said, after every baby face, shows up on SmackDown, 
out of the crowd, just beats the crap out of Daniel Bryan to bloody pulp. You know, stuff like that, man. You would make the biggest dominant heel in the WWE. You know, he would get real heat. Not, I'm annoyed of you, heel heat, but uh, whatever. You know, he would, he would, he would be the Triple H that Vince has actually been looking for as a heel. Yeah. A big, good looking dude. Triple H, the only reason Triple H has ever been a face in his career is he came back from a knee injury and the crowd cheered him. It wasn't because he's actually, like, likable. <laughs> it was because they were glad to see him come back from an injury, which is when he came back and won that Royal Rumble specifically, and then he had the match with Sean and stuff after that. But, like, Triple H is just better as a heel, and Roman Reigns is just better as a heel. It happens. Not everyone can play a babyface. Not everybody can John Morrison and be babyface heel in multiple different countries and have that shit. Or work Bret Hart, they yeah. Don't. Yeah, or Bret Hart, or just name, just name like you know, like a, you know, a great wrestler. Like I think NATO could be healer face for him if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega can have that quality too if he went to Japan and was something, and then came over here and was something else. But obviously, he chooses one. You know. Yeah, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you a vote of confidence either when you show up and people just shit on you every day at work. Imagine if you went into work. And, like, as you were walking in, all your coworkers just shit on you, even though you were trying to be the nicest guy and work as hard as possible. Like, that's going to change your personality. Especially if you were actually decent at your job. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's going to change your personality to want to be a heel, like to want to be a dick to those people, or normal people at least. So it's really hard to give him a babyface promo and want him to go out there and execute it, knowing that the fans are going to react negatively to it anyways. He's at the Hulk Hogan situation where Hogan had to change to heel. Hogan saw it. He knew. He was like, there's no other way. I can't continue to wear yellow and red and have the fans cheer me because they're all slightly starting to turn against me anyway, especially because there's this new cool thing. Um, that's where Roman Reigns is at. And the fact that they haven't seen it, and maybe they maybe they do see it. Maybe this is the turn. Maybe in Saudi Arabia, he does something shitty to win the title, which would be the way to go. But all, all signs for years have pointed to no, so we'll see what happens. Well, if Vince has seen it, I just, Vince, listen to me. Do you know what the difference between Roman Reigns is between John Cena, who you don't ever want to turn heel, and Hulk Hogan, which he had to. Those two were two of the biggest baby faces of all friggin' time. Roman didn't work out for four fucking years as a baby face. It's time to either not put too much on him. Like I keep on saying, and, I, and I'll say it again, to be that type of Undertaker concept. You, you'd have to have him go heel, to go back babyface, to be a badass, to be recognized from everyone else and liked more. Uh, definitely a different transition because I think Undertaker, he was either feared or liked, period. But that concept of that guy that you can put the title on, he's a good person to go against anyone. He's a huge name within the company. He's a locker room leader. You don't necessarily need him to be the next Hulk Hogan or John Cena. For one thing, I don't understand what the fuck you're thinking when it comes to his clothing still. He's still wearing the shield shit. He doesn't even have his own identity. He has the same fucking music and everything. It's just, I, I, oh my God, I feel like Brian Alvarez right now. Just, I feel like insane talking. This is the one thing that doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. And I'm sorry for me saying so many F words, but I feel bad for the damn guy. I mean, it's come to that. I've seen him put on great matches, uh, but... That WrestleMania thing was was atrocious, and um, you know the the fact they try to get us to have more 
by by showing you the whole WrestleMania package and at the end having him with his wife and kid bleeding from his head, just yep, I lost. It's fun, and she's trying to make him feel better. I did have sympathy because, but I'm not supposed to have that type of sympathy for him. Like, uh, I have sympathy because I feel bad that he's looking like an idiot. Now I know his paycheck shows that he probably doesn't give a shit, but I, he has to give a shit to an extent. But anyways, any other comments yeah, about I mean, Roman no, Reigns before we go on? Yeah, I mean, just like I said, no one wants to go to their job and get shit on for a living. Like, no one, especially if they're trying their, their damnedest. And I think Roman Reigns has had good matches. Yeah, I think just have utilized him poorly. I Honestly, moving him to SmackDown would have been the best thing they could have done and just turned him heel dead after that match. But I agree with with the sympathy card. The, the first thing I thought of when they do these packages where the guys with his family and they're busted open, they're bleeding, the first thing I think of as an older wrestling fan is Mick Foley behind, beyond the mat, which is not the thing yeah. I want to think about with wrestling. Like, oh, yeah, well, Rock hit me with, like, what was it? Something It was supposed to be, like, three chair shots, and it turned into fucking 13. You know, like, no one wants to see that shit. Leave that behind closed doors, man. I get what you're going for, but... Like, or just do the Cody Rhodes thing where you, you take a picture and put it on Twitter after you've been busted open or something. That's kind of why, I, I like, originally I thought it was bullshit because it seemed so fucking WWE Hollywood, here's our movie studio, like, let's focus in on how bad this is kind of thing, as opposed to, like, what happened with Cesaro or with Matt Hardy uh, or any of these other wrestlers that get busted open where it's like, oh, here's a Twitter picture. Yes, this really happened, and it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that was part of my thing of, like, well, did he really? Like, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel for the guy. Obviously feel for him. Um, I don't know if he yeah, could be better. I, I think it would, be, it would be crazy to see someone like Roman Reigns go, like, New Japan as a heel. Like, just fucking like Brock Lesnar did when he left, and he became, like, their immediate champion. Um, he would be, be a million bucks over shit like that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and... And there's so many marks right now that are, that are probably cursing at us, Chris, saying, like, you know, well, no, no offense. If your listeners keep on listening, I don't think you're a mark, but you probably are if you think this way. But that think that there's no way New Japan would take Roman Reigns because they're indie darlings and blah, blah, blah. Bull fucking shit. Gato would be like, really? And he would be over there in a fucking heartbeat, signed in the dojo and probably put in a match with Kenny Omega, who's been talking shit. Guys, playfully, he's even said in interviews, and just like every other WWE guy, a majority of stuff that you guys see on Twitter is stuff that they do to, 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 to push their persona, if you will. So it's kayfabe. Keep on thinking about that. But, yeah, he'd be in a match against some of the big guys after little to no training in the dojo. Not saying he doesn't need it, but they would be like, you got the WWF thing. We're going to show you that we do this, this, and this, and you're a huge name. Here you go. Uh, am, am I crazy for thinking that, Chris? No, I mean, like I said, the perfect example is Brock Lesnar. He went over there and immediately became the New Japan champion. I, I think that's a good comparison. Um, yep. He got tired of fucking WWE. He left. Was a big name because Roman Reigns will still be a big name wherever you put him on any card. He's going to show up in the news, especially if he leaves WWE. And he goes over there and, like, maybe he doesn't win the championship, but he has some matches. He, he's going to come back and people are going to like him way more than he is now. But I mean, the actual idea. I mean, the actual thing they should do is turn him heel. I just don't know that they'll ever pull the trigger. I have no, I have no vote of confidence in them actually doing what they should do. Well, we can hope in one hand and and 
Well, the rest of that's just a shitty conversation. Anyways, yeah. let's keep on going down this card. But uh, all right, so we got a really cool match: Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Samoa Joe in a ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Now, let's just put out there that I don't think it's going to happen. But if Samoa Joe, since he's on SmackDown, he's not going to bring. Hmm, I'm trying to think of like how this would work out. So Samoa Joe obviously cannot win. Because the other three, no, Miz can't either. Unless they're able to bring them. This is a really confusing, this whole entire card involves championship belts that have people on the opposite platform. We'll get down there when, I, when we talk about the club and uh, their match. But uh, Chris, how do you like this IC match? And it's a ladder match, for one thing. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, does, it, does this mean that it's going to either be Seth Rollins or Finn Balor? In some ways it doesn't, in other ways it doesn't, because you could just have Samoa Joe win and end up back on Raw because they're like, well, we have yeah. to have the title here. I mean, they can book this however the hell they want. My my thought is Seth Rollins is going to retain, and it's not really going to hurt Samoa Joe because he'll probably choke out the Ben Balor. And, like, while he's choking one of them out, Seth Rollins will make the climb or something. Well, like, it is a ladder match. A... Yeah, that's why I said he'd make the climb. So, like, if, oh. if like, they... Oh, okay. Samoa... Samoa takes out Miz on the outside, and then he grabs up Finn, and he's taking him out, and then all, like, the ladder's in the middle of the ring, and Rollins just scales the thing. Or Miz scales the thing, or Finn scales the thing. There's ways for you to win that without making Samoa Joe look weak, um, which I think is going to be the big thing here is, like, hey, we don't want to make Samoa look weak. So um, my guess is Samoa Holy will shit. one out, and Seth will probably climb up and grab the belt. I have a bold prediction. One of our uh, other matches is Jinder versus Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title. It's Jinder's uh, rebuttal. Now, this would be ridiculous, but this is fucking WWE, so bear with me. What if Jinder wins and The Miz gets his IC title back and they just switch championships? Do you think that that could be a possibility? I think it's a very big possibility for the, you know, basically the same reason where Samoa Joe, they don't want to make him look weak. And the easiest way to do that without having them win the title, because I think they want to shove him in the heavyweight pick picture as fast as possible, um, would be for him to be choking someone out in a shitbag like Miz, scale the ladder and grab grab the belt. And also, yeah. they can play off the fact that Miz has won a lot of ladder matches, wh- whether it's Money in the Bank or for you know Intercontinental titles or whatever. Like Miz has got a few ladder matches under his belt already that he has won. So. Uh, you can play off that as well. And, and, and that would make sense. And you could also, I mean, if you do that and you have Miz win, then you get, you can still build back to the Daniel Bryan thing. And you drew it out to the oh. So now you can have him be really pissed at Kurt Angle being back. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Let, Jeff Hardy, now he's a grand, grand champion. Who gives a shit? Let Jinder bring the U.S. title there, and then that becomes their second title. And then the IC title, which Daniel Bryan can acquire, is on the same one as the World Heavyweight. Those are my two favorite titles. Like, I love the U.S. title, the Universal title. I know it's their biggest one, but whatever. Their super heavyweight title, if you will. But that's, a, that, that's great. Well, let, let's go into that one next, actually. Jeff Hardy or, or uh, Jinder Mahal for the U.S. title. What do you think is going to happen? I'm thinking about going to I think that Jinder might have a shot at winning it because every time I pick against Jinder in one of these matches, he wins. So 
the fact that he lost it and they seem to be so trying to curse him. belts. I, I feel like he he uh, he may end up picking it up. I could be completely wrong. You, I, like I said, you could have the thing where Seth retains. You just make you yeah. have to make Joe look strong. And then if they do that, I would assume that Jeff Hardy will retain. It really just depends on what they do in the four way ladder match. Um, I don't know. I don't. It's weird because it's in a it's in a foreign country, obviously, and I don't know if Vince is aware that Jinder is actually an Indian guy from Canada. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm not, not sure how that one's going to be. I'm not trying to sound ignorant or rude right now, but does Saudi Arabia have a problem with India? Like, you know, <laughs> no, I don't. There's a I lot don't of know, issues but I, I, with different countries. My guess is, my, my guess is, my guess is Vince doesn't know either. <laughs> so, it's in the history of WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's don't have a shit kind of my worry. <laughs> and he knows right. it's not going to hurt Jeff Hardy because it won't hurt Jeff Hardy if Jeff Hardy loses. Cause no, it doesn't. Nothing hurts Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy might have, like I said, the most titles for any superstar, like acquired across the board. I think he's fine no matter what. But man, that's that's kind of funny when you think about it. All right, let's go into a cluster fucking a half. So Undertaker versus Rusev in a casket match. Give a little backstory. Rusev and Undertaker were announced. Um, Rusev said some stuff online. Like I said, I've, I've heard one side where it was all bullshit and this is all something that happened almost due to scheduling with Chris Jericho or whatnot. I don't know what the fuck's true, honestly. But Rusev said, bury me softly in a tweet to The Undertaker um, and some, like some other stuff, or called him brother and like something else. And then he was taken off. Jericho was going against The Undertaker. He was still going to be in the Royal Rumble. Now, all, and you know, Chris Jericho acknowledges his past with The Undertaker and says, I'm going to bury you this time, blah, blah, blah. This is like in a four-day period, mind you. Then Rusev is put back on the match for the casket match against The Undertaker. Um, after our apparently kayfabe-wise from what WWE said, that Lana approved it because she disapproved her husband going against Undertaker beforehand and getting buried. Yes. All right. Undertaker's winning this. Two questions. Regardless, do you think this will make Rusev, what would make Rusev look stronger? Having a strong showing in the Rumble or losing to the Undertaker in a casket match? And two, what the fuck is going on? I know it's the second time I've done that to you tonight, but... <laughs> Well, the actual answer is nothing is going to make Rusev look stronger because he's fucking way more over than 90, like, well, not 90, but 80% of the roster, so it doesn't really matter if he wins or loses. That's how they've seen it when they book this, unfortunately. What it's going to do is piss off the crowd and kind of put Undertaker in a bad spot, more than likely. I don't know how big Rusev Day is in Saudi Arabia, but everywhere else Rusev goes, it's pretty damn important. Um, So... This is another weird match they put Undertaker in where I'm kind of wondering, like, is Undertaker just going to be burying fan favorites? Like, is he going to is he going to tombstone Daniel Bryan in the near future? Like, I'm starting to get worried <laughs> if this is a reoccurring trend or something. Um, no, all, all that being said, like, the stuff around it, I don't know how much of it's legitimate and how much of it's fake. I mean, Undertaker doesn't seem like he would be a very soft-skinned person that would be like, oh, I'm not wrestling that guy because he said this. 
Like, that didn't really sound like Undertaker, knowing that he was the judge, so to speak, um, of all the boys' bad blood in the locker room and kind of like, you know, a well-known badass. I don't really see him being the guy that would get mad about a, a tweet. I doubt the Undertaker even, like, knows what Twitter is or uses Twitter. Um, it's probably like a WWE thing. So I don't My know that Michelle has an Instagram account. Maybe Michelle McCool got mad. I, I don't know. It's a silly thing. I think they recovered from it well by playing up that Lana didn't want him to do it. But it's not a buried alive match. It's just a casket match, right? So he's just going to get put in a casket. He's not actually getting buried. Oh, he's going to die. Okay. Are they going to throw dirt on Like, you remember they used to do those. They used to, like, legit do very yeah. live matches. I don't, okay. Like, because when he was talking about bury me softly, I was like, wait, is this a buried alive match or a casket match? Because those are completely different. A casket match is, like, casket match is kind of like a dumpster match where if you just land in the dumpster like Braun Strowman, you <laughs> technically lose. Um, according to new WWE rules, I thought you had to close the top of it, but apparently that's not the uh, that's not the rules anymore, so... I don't fucking know. Who cares? I mean, I'll, if you just want the straight pick. Undertaker is going to fucking demolish Rusev in probably like three minutes. Oh man, I don't want to hear that. Well, well whatever. Uh, if, they're they're if building it back up for something. This is Undertaker's last build- raw. What are you going to say? I'm sorry. They're building it back up for Aleister Black. So any fan favorite standing so. in the way of Undertaker is going to get demolished, like that. That's like Vince's little baby child, I think, is like tri- him and Triple H have gotten together. And they're like, okay, let's do Aleister Black, Undertaker, but we got to get Undertaker there first. So Undertaker is going to demolish whoever he faces, and I think he will be in more matches than he's been in in previous years. This is my, this is my bold prediction. He's going to be in more matches, but they're going to be like two to three minutes, and they're going to be burial matches. And I wouldn't be surprised if like he starts putting motherfuckers in actual body bags again. Well, that's what I would do if I was the Undertaker. I mean, I just want to see a couple, you know, I just want to see if this is his, his greatest hits, last tour, hurrah, whatever the hell, you know, just a couple people. Like, it would be cool for him and Matt Hardy to have some type of interaction, uh, you know, even if they have a short match, but that whole concept, dark and light. I don't really necessarily have to see him and Bray Wyatt, but I would love, even though it makes absolutely no sense, if they had the Brothers of Destruction against the Bludgeon Brothers and put them over, that would be another cool aspect, even though I went to the Survivor Series a couple of years back and watched him and Kane beat all of um, the, the, the Wyatt family. So that probably doesn't equate well, but who gives a shit? No one remembers that. But Aleister Black and Finn Balor Demon would be two of my top favorites. And even if they're a part of a line of people, like, you know, maybe Undertaker calls out someone and the NXT champion shows up and they just have a match – and it's, you know, maybe he has a good showing, but Undertaker still wins. If this is leading up to possibly his last match, I would love what you said, Chris, with him and Aleister Black next year at Mania. You know, Aleister would have to get called up before then, which is reasonable because he can have the title for a while, get called up around Survivor Series or whatnot, build him to Mania. Um, but maybe they keep him in there longer, and this is actually going to build to him and John Cena for one more match where they actually have one long last match and John Cena wins three strikes you're out. I think it's going to be like that regardless, but I do agree with you. Obviously I'm an Aleister black Mark. So I'm going to say his name at least six more times. Aleister black. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, um, do you have any more, uh, statements before we move on? 
No, I mean, my thing is, like, Cena's going to be gone filming movies for the majority of this year. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't really – I don't think that it hurts Cena to lose, and I don't think that Cena actually cares if he's the last match against Undertaker. I'm sure he would like it, but if Cena knew that, like, hey, we're doing this and Aleister Black is, like, the next guy, then it would make sense to have him beat the Undertaker, which is what they should have done to begin with when they were going to end his streak is figure out where the fuck they wanted to go with that instead of just having Lesnar beat him. Um, that would have made a lot more sense. But as far as Rusev's chances in this match, like, they're nil. He's getting demolished in, like, three to, three to five minutes. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I just don't understand, honestly, why they didn't have Bray Wyatt beat him if they wanted to build another Undertaker back then, even though I've talked at length about how he doesn't really remind me exactly of the Undertaker, but why did he lose? I still don't get that. Because I don't, I don't think they see – they don't see Bray Wyatt with his size and his build and the way he works in the ring as the same thing as the Undertaker. But when you look at someone like Aleister Black – Kind of has a dominating press like uh, presence. Obviously, he's not still there. Undertaker, Undertaker's like you know, he in his in his height, he was booked at like six, seven, three hundred and thirty pounds or some shit. Um, so obviously, not a comparison, direct comparison. But you could look at Aleister Black and be like, okay, he looks a lot meaner than Bray Wyatt, and he has the stoic yep. Aleister Black thing going on, and there's a lot of cool stuff they could do with that. It just it makes the most sense. And it also lets you have Aleister Black kind of just hold the belt if you want to do that in NXT for as long as they want to do that. Which I think is part of the reason they created that North American Championship so that they will have that second title um, that they can switch back and forth while the, the top dog is kind of the top dog. I yep, could be completely wrong, but it, I mean, that to me, with as high as they are on Aleister Black, the gimmick he has, the music, the fans, everything that's behind him, Weird Aleister Crowley stuff that he's got going on with some of his tats and his uh, even the Titantron's got some stuff in there that's very subtle undertones of like Satan and Aleister Black. It seems like that that's their guy. Like maybe they thought the demon would be the thing, but then they looked at it and was like, well, Undertaker looks like he would squash him, um, which sucks <laughs> for Finn. But that's that's WWE, and if Triple H has got to pick one dude or whatever for the Undertaker's last raw. I mean, Aleister Black would probably be my choice, but only because they fucked up and didn't make Luke Harper like the next Bruiser Brody. But they really fucked up on that. Uh, Harper should be a Bruiser Brody Undertaker hybrid, like a dark, you know, uh, a Bruiser Brody with mystique, if you will. He has those eyes. It's just like Cactus Jack um, and Bruiser, like those. I don't know. They can look soulless, if you will. Very, very weird, but I do agree don't with listen, you. Like, don't listen like a psychopathic killer. Like, you're about to get murdered yeah. by this man. Like, you piss this dude off at the bar. He's, like, having fun. He's, like, laughing, and then you piss him off, and he gives you that look. You're like, yeah, all right, I fucked up. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to me anytime soon, but, yeah, I do agree. Uh, and the crazy thing about, about Aleister Black, he's actually, I think he's 226 foot, which is not too short, but, I mean, he still has his presence to him that, I don't know. There's some intimidation, but if you guys, if anyone wants to listen to a great interview, listen to another podcast. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's Edge Christian's podcast, so it's it's a little bit different. But check out their uh, episode. They just interviewed Aleister Black. You'll find out a lot about him, and he seems like a really nice guy. We'll probably have him on the show in the future for sure. But um, let's move on to the next match, Chris. 
Um, here's another one that's that that's you you scratch your heads. All right, so Cesaro, Cesaro and Sheamus who are on SmackDown against Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So right away, either Cesaro and Sheamus the bar are going to go back to Raw, and maybe the loser would have to go to SmackDown. Or this proves that Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt are going to win the Raw Tag Team's Championships. Am I wrong? No, I think it's pretty much set in stone that they're going to win it and kind of be the gateway. And I, I also, when Jeff Hardy went to SmackDown, I still don't think that's the end of the Hardys, so to speak, because they have so many video packages and weird shit they can do at the Hardy compound to keep that thing going as long as they want. Um that I, I don't think this will be the last you see of Jeff and Matt together either, uh, which is good for them. And, and I think Bo Dallas, another thing you might see show up at the Hardy compound in the near future. Just would be awesome. Prediction. Yeah, that would be really cool. I've been saying that, man. Get get uh, Braun back with his brother. All right, well, um, here's another one. Uh, we got the Bludgeon Brothers, Eric Rowan, or what is it now, just Rowan. And Harper. There's no Luke and Eric anymore. Against the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, I think they're going to keep on going with the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know why they would flip-flop it this quickly. Um, I don't see the Usos being so over in Saudi Arabia. They've got to make sure they win. So I think, yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers are going to retain. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I think this match ends up the way that they did... New Day and the Usos, where it's a DQ, and that sets up for another match in a big pay-per-view. I do think the Usos will win the title stat. So. Eventually, just, they will. Just not, just not, just not here. I, they're gonna, they're gonna kick the tires on this Bludgeon Brothers thing for a while. I think. I agree. All right. Well, here's the uh, the one of the big main events: John Cena versus Triple H. Um. I think Cena needs a win. I know Triple H lost, or well, his wife lost for him, but. You know, I mean, he usually wins and shit. Well, he lost to Seth Rollins, too. I don't think it matters for him as much. John Cena's got annihilated by The Undertaker. He's the big baby face. He's going to beat Triple H in Saudi Arabia. Although Triple H is really big over there. I'm still going to go with John Cena. Who are you going with, Chris? I kind of have to go with Cena here. I I just don't see him taking a three-minute loss to The Undertaker and then taking another loss to Triple H unless there's shenanigans involved. They could build a storyline out of it, and that gives him something to do headed into SummerSlam against Triple H. Like, maybe Triple H beats him to death with a sledgehammer or something. And then, because, you Whoa. know, Triple H is going to want to wrestle at SummerSlam as well. Uh, so, I don't know. I could go either way, but my, my heart's saying John Cena is probably just going to get a clean win. hope so. I hope to hear that. All that posing. All right, uh, we got two that we can kind of guess what the match is going to be because all the titles are getting defended. So we don't know who the Cruiserweight Championship is going to be between. Um, we do know Cedric Alexander is going to be one of the people, obviously. He's a champion. Um, I'm going to guess, if I can guess anyone, maybe they'll put Drew Gulag. Um, you know, the last four, one of them was Roderick Strong, so you can take him out. He's back in NXT. So it would kind of make sense that they had Drew Gulag, and uh, Mustafa Ali, three-way. It's not going to be a ladder because they're already doing that, but for the Cruiserweight champion, or just have a rematch between Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. Chris, what do you think the Cruiserweight title is going to look like? 
I honestly think they might plug Ciampa in and have Cruiserweight title out to the Ciampa. So I'm going to go Tommaso Ciampa. But I, I could be completely wrong. Outside of that, probably Mustafa Ali rematch. Yeah, I do. I like that, man. Because that would make me think that Johnny's going there, but then I would have even more of a reason. Because I already like how they're doing 205 Live now. Put Johnny over there. It's going to get my interest, especially if that rivalry keeps on going out. Um, especially since Triple H was asked if, if Ciampa, he was like, yeah, I think this was like a week ago, if if, uh, if that's all from Ciampa and he goes, no, we haven't even gotten to the core of it, you're going to think he is a horrible person by the time we're done with this whole entire storyline. So either he's going after someone else or he's going to go back after Johnny, but wherever they do it, 205 Live, uh, NXT, I'm down for it. And I like him. And him going after Cedric Alexander would be a fun match as well. Uh, we got one more match to predict, and this is another big one, Chris. This is the WWE Championship. AJ Styles the champion. I feel like Shinsuke is going to be in this. Uh, I would have thought maybe Samoa Joe, but he's in the IC title match for whatever reason. Um, so I'm going to say Shinsuke, AJ, and maybe Daniel Bryan. Maybe it'll just be him and Shinsuke, but maybe it'll be the three of them. I think he's going against Shinsuke, don't get me wrong, at Backlash, but I could be wrong about that. Um, what do you think? I'm going to go Nakamura might just end up winning the title here. Um, and the reason being is I think whoever wins the Royal Rumble will also be from SmackDown. <clears throat> it's another reason why yep. I think they'll make Samojo look strong because they really don't care if a wrestler has been in a previous match as they've shown with Roman Reigns. So you could get Nakamura versus Joe or you could get Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe or uh, Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura and then flip-flop the belt to Daniel Bryan and have Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble is a big moment um, at this event. So we'll get into the Royal Rumble more, but <laughs> my strong picks for that thing uh, we're going to talk about, and I, I think that that all pivots on AJ losing the title um, and someone going after Nakamura and then AJ having to fight his way back to the title, being the big storyline on, on SmackDown. Here's a question. Is Shinsuke like the new Yano? Is he like stealing his whole entire thing? There's, like, there's been four fucking ball shots. It could have been cool if he just Kinshasa him last time uh, during the tag match because I was like, really, man? Like, not only that, but like, it's your buddy and that's kind of, that's, that's going to suck all the whole entire concept. So, God damn it. They're, they're real creative over there in WWE. At SmackDown. It's really, like, you decrease the chances of us ever getting Nakamura on the show and increase the chances of us getting Yano on the show. <laughs> All in one sentence. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's yeah. his chaos brother, dude. He loves them, I'm sure, right? Uh, yeah. Sh- sh- I-, I just keep thinking of, but- like, the Butters Carbon episode where they're in the P.F. Chang and Butters keeps accidentally shooting people in the dick. shoot him in the dick! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I get it, but it's working. <laughs> like he's getting heat off of it. So I guess just keep punching AJ and then the boys. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I do think Nakamura walks out of the title. Though. I, I have a feeling. I, I doubt they're going to have Nakamura lose twice to, to AJ. So close. I'd like to but see three way with Brian in there too. But yeah, it's I probably mean, they may Nakamura they, and AJ. We may can be completely wrong on all this shit, and they just treat this as a giant house show. So 
since it's going to be coming on at like nine in the morning in the United States. So <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. What is this? Is this? It's not next Friday, is it? Or is it the Friday after? I think it's the Friday after. I can try to look up the date real quick. But uh, all right, what, you, what uh, we should do April is we should. So it is going to be next, not this coming Friday, but next Friday. And so the following Friday. Yeah. All right. So what we should do? Possibly, we're going to try to maybe maybe do something like this. Um, not watch it, obviously, in the morning time because we'll be at work and shit. It's Friday. Try to ignore Facebook if we can, and then go watch it together and maybe record it. Like our reactions yeah, to... God, it's going to be like five fucking hours. Holy shit. <laughs> the 50-man Royal Rumble, it's a, if it's a minute and 30 <sighs> apiece, you're at least 50 minutes into the Royal Rumble if you take out all the action. Holy because shit. The Royal Your Rumble would kill us. <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to be like 2 hours of just Royal Rumble. Though my wife does love the Royal Rumble because she she likes the surprise element of who's who's coming out next. So at least at least we'll get a pass on the Royal Rumble part. <laughs> All right, Geek Vibes Nation, we we're we're going to think about the, we I thought about this on the spot and it was probably it came out like a great idea and then I thought about the 5-hour concept. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit much. I'm most likely going to be watching it with a Red Bull in my hand, sipping on it, passing out still while I'm trying to watch the rest of it. I have no idea. Uh, all right. Well, so, anyways, I guess so talk about the actual Royal one, Rumble. So here's the one thing that I'm kind of weirded out about is, uh, um, my wife was actually born in Saudi Arabia, and they just started letting females drive there. And I'm looking at this card, and I see no women's matches at all. It seems very weird yeah. for every title. Um, so I'm going to go on a limb and say you probably will not get any women's matches just based on the region nope. that it's happening at. And I'm not trying to get political or anything. This is like you can go look it up in the news. Women have just been allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia. So my wife growing up was in very much a weird spot. So this is going to be interesting, uh, interesting turn of events anyways for wrestling because you have Asuka and Charlotte, and they're not going to be a part of this, or Bailey, or Nia, or any of, any of the female wrestlers you like. I, I doubt I could be completely wrong, but looking at this card and the fact that they have one week to build it, I'm going to go on a limit. They probably not see any. So just be prepared for that. If you're a female wrestling fan, it's weird um, with the current situation they have going over there. They're trying to bring up entertainment and, and change the way females are viewed, but that's still life in America and Canada and you know the UK is very different than in other countries. So just keep that in mind and, and try to be open-minded. Yeah, and if anything, just realize that maybe they see the potential in being a reason why female competitors are actually, you know, shown. So maybe this will lead to that with WWE pushing it, or maybe this is something to get around to that with the Prince who's in the whole entire, I don't know. But I'm hoping that eventually one day we'll see that and maybe we'll, you know, be a good thing um, that this is the first start. It sucks now, but you know, we a couple of years in the future, a lot of changes could happen. I don't know. Trying to be positive. Yeah, 
Yeah, I wasn't trying to bring anything down. I just wanted to put it out there for no. anyone who's used to viewing a normal WWE pay-per-view. This one is going to be a little different. So just heads yep. up at it. Nope, I agree with you. It's definitely going to be a little uh, strange. All right. Well, yeah, this whole Rumble thing, there's uh, 50 people. Um, that's a fucking lot. Rey Mysterio Jr.'s uh, going to be one of those people. I know Chris Jericho's still going to be in the Rumble, even though he's not in the casket match anymore. Basically, a lot of legends I think we're going to see in this. Uh, plus, every single person you could think of on the roster. Uh, this is going to probably be, well, I don't know, maybe uh, Hawkins has probably been in a couple Royal Rumbles way back in the, in, in the, in the day, but he'll, he'll definitely be in this one. Maybe he won't. Who knows? But it's going to be awesome. I'm wondering, Chris, if for certain matches they're going to say and just let, like, Seth Rollins, the IC champion in it, and this will pretty much be everyone on on there, maybe minus the uh, the world champions. I don't know. But the, 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 the concept is awesome. Uh, it also could be absolutely just horrible and chaotic because uh, that's 20 extra people that you're doing on top of what you normally do with 30 people. Um, and there's going to be a lot of, like, pretty big names that they just, you know, shipped over to Saudi Arabia, which is crazy. But um, I'm still looking forward to the chaos. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the greatest Royal Rumble, if you will. I love the Royal Rumble. I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, especially that I think they're going to go out when it comes to some legends. I think you're going to see Kane in this. I think you're going to see Big Show. Mark Henry will probably have a spot. You know, you're going to see a lot of the younger guys that are part of it. Maybe some NXT guys. Uh, could be involved. You know, that's that's the potential that we see within this. And even though it's kind of strange, it's right after the Royal Rumble, it seems like that it has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential to, like I said, being just crazy and just, you know, too much. But uh, what, what do you think about this match? I, I can, kind of reminds me of when they did the Alberto, when Alberto Del Rio won the Royal Rumble and they did 40 people. It depends on how much time they give the thing. Um, otherwise, you're going to get a lot of fast eliminations. Um, outside of that, I think it's really cool, man. It's going to be neat to see who shows up from NXT, which legends show up. Um, does Nia Jax make an appearance in the Royal Rumble? Probably not. Um, like, that kind of stuff, the weird, unexpected things you see in the Royal Rumble. It's going to be amplified because you have 20 extra slots. The same with when they did the 40-man Royal Rumble. I, I think it's going to be cool. I, it'd be really neat to see like a uh, like a you know like an X-Pac or uh, you know some older wrestlers show up and, and be in the thing for a little bit. Road Dog, obviously. Uh, I think there's spots for all these guys if, if they make a one-off or something. Um, they are doing some tryouts outside of this Rumble match which is kind of cool. During the week, they're going to have some Saudi Arabia like wrestling tryouts, similar to what they did in China, which is kind of cool. So it'd be cool if we saw a couple of local talents just get thrown in, just because it's a 50-man battle royal. It'd be good for the crowd, I think. I don't think it's going to matter. Um, the win-wise, though, like who's coming out on top? I still think you, your, your top dog is probably going to be Daniel Bryan, Smojo, um, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, I think would be a good choice. Um, maybe someone like a Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. 
those would be my top picks. I'm, I'm going to go Daniel Bryan just because I think they want Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura, and I think they want Daniel Bryan to have the title around his waist and SmackDown. Um, especially because they're going to have another Royal Rumble, which will be the second greatest Royal Rumble coming up <laughs> right before WrestleMania of this year, <laughs> I guess. The one that's not as good. <laughs> the, one, the, one, the, the Rumble that's not as good will still be coming, so be prepared. Um, and there's also money in the bank, so there's a lot of weird stuff you can do before then. But I, I think, you know, uh, maybe they maybe they try to get the crowd to pop and give Daniel Bryan the win. I think Daniel Bryan or Braun Strowman, I think those are your best uh, two people that I think could possibly win this. Like, those are those are your best bets, I would think. Um, it's it's great that I was wondering what the winner, winner got, um, Chris, and it's a giant trophy. This one does not look like a uterus, but there's no title shot or anything like that. Just, here you go. Thanks for coming to Saudi Wait. Arabia. Hope you didn't get diarrhea. So there's no title shot? No. <laughs> in the picture, they got the friggin' trophy in between all the people. It's, it's great. <laughs> okay, well, take back everything I said. It doesn't matter who wins the fucking thing. They'll probably just, I don't know, they'll get <laughs> someone random. Like I mean, at this point, anyone could win it. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. No one cares about that. The, like the only reason people have even been talking about the big sh- the big show battle royal is because Matt Hardy is talking to the trophy actively. Like it's real. Outside of that, that thing usually lasts like one week, and they stop talking about it altogether. So I, I don't know. It doesn't ma- actually. Now that I know it's not a title shot, it doesn't fucking matter. This match is relevant. <laughs> Yep, isn't that fun? Isn't that just just neat? Uh, no, I feel like you kicked me in the. I feel like you kicked me in the balls. Is kind of how I feel. I feel like you knock a more at me, bro. I can shush out your ball sack. Um, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? But yeah, that's 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 the uh, greatest Royal Rumble, guys, in Saudi Arabia, and it's gonna be available, um, not this Friday, but the following Friday or the next Friday after that, somewhere in the future at the end of this month. I want to say it's the same fucking weekend as Avengers Infinity War, so my head's going to explode probably throughout the course of that weekend. Um, but that'll be great, you know? And uh, maybe it's a giant uh, flaming turd, and maybe it's great. That's all you can really expect with WWE at this point, because I can't believe still that NXT was so much more superior than WrestleMania. Oh God! I had to say it. I didn't. I'm sorry. Ugh, I, I like fire. <laughs> just saying. I like fucking breaking. If if, if, if it wasn't for the women involved, it would have been a fucking just waste of time. If it wasn't for Ronda's match and then Charlotte and Oscar's, like, how the hell do you fuck up some of those damn matches? Bro, it's on, four uh, hours. It's like four hours. Two hours, two to three hours, too goddamn long is the actual problem with with WrestleMania. Yeah, it just it, it makes no sense. All right, well, too uh, much we've actually got. Yeah, exactly, and and the, the greatest Royal Rumble is probably going to be the greatest headache of all time. But I'm still going to fucking watch the whole entire damn thing. It's going to be awesome. The size of that arena is ridiculous, and it's like all old school looking and stuff going to be pretty cool. I'm excited. So, you guys get excited, too. Uh, we're done with the majority of the news. Um, we looked through SmackDown and Raw. Pretty much, we covered everything that happened on those shows. 
throughout talking about the uh, the, the superstar shakeup. So we're going to bring back an old segment, an old goodie, uh, called The List. This is where I'm going to get an audio clip where I can have Chris Jericho saying, you just made The List. So uh, look for it there in future episodes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you guys don't know, if you're new listeners, uh, what The List is, basically we take an older wrestler um, and uh, we compare them to modern-day wrestlers. Uh, so, you know, for example, Hulk Hogan to John Cena. So we're going to discuss it like nerds, and uh, I created it because I am a giant friggin' nerd. And I forced Chris to, you know, uh, really, really use his brain on all these and ask him questions and, and, and expect answers from him. So I apologize, Chris, for all the, uh, the, the, the ridiculous amount of headache I've probably caused you with this whole entire thing. But it's now the last! All right, well, we're on the man with the legacy. Oh, that was my worst one. Uh, the Undertaker. Uh, and also Sting. So first we'll be talking about The Undertaker. I think that you can definitely see influence from The Undertaker in a lot of wrestlers. Um, so if I'm going to go down personally who I think is a modern you know, type of concept, I think we have, might have the same answer as who we were talking about beforehand. Aleister Black, naturally, much more, you know, less of a... Uh, an impersonation, not, not an impersonation, more of a tribute like LMSCS, who was also uh, on Lucha Underground as, oh, what the hell? It's uh, Mil Martez, you know, the, the Lord of the Dead. Like all of his personas, even when it was Judas Macias in Impact, they've, he's a huge Undertaker fan. And you can tell. Dolph Ziggler to Shawn Michaels, you know, uh, Jay Lethal as the Macho Machismo to, the, to Macho Man Randy Savage, like that type of concept. Alistair Black naturally gives off this type of concept and he's different. He's very different in the ring, very different all the way, but he has that presence to him. Uh, people would say Bray Wyatt. I disagree. I usually compare him to Jake the Snake Roberts, Kevin Sullivan, or Raven, uh, I think more so than I would even say that. But there's been many wrestlers. Abyss, huge Undertaker fan. Um, really wish we could have seen that whole entire thing. That would have been a lot of fun. Uh, Evil obviously looks like he takes some influence with the colors and everything from The Undertaker, or at least maybe that's what New Japan was going for when they kind of designed the character. There's there's lots of uh, you know aspects of Dead Man and, and lots of wrestlers. Luke Harper, for instance. Uh, so you know, even if a lot of people have makeup, you might perceive it as as someone that could be influenced by Sting. But a lot of times it just, you know, it's actually The Undertaker. Uh, um, I forgot what the heck the British wrestler's name is. It's something Havoc, maybe Danny Havoc. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say Aleister Black. Chris, who do you have? Um, right off the top of my head, I, I have Evil listed probably as close as to overall Undertaker being the dark figure kind of character. I think Aleister Black is also a good pick. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with Bray Wyatt, which we've already talked about on the list, I believe, both Jake the Snake. Um, well, I don't know if we talked about Raven or not, but I, when we talked about Bray Wyatt previously, Raven was my direct comparison to Bray Wyatt because he is like... Bray Wyatt is PG Raven in a lot of ways. Where yeah, but... But you can't really, uh, <laughs> you can't really get there. Um, yeah, Evil was well, my number one. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, Chris, what are you referring to exactly? What did Raven do that was so bad on TV? Did he, you know, crucify 
uh, Sandman in front of Kurt Angle and completely scare him from ECW. Yes, that happened, people. Go check it out. Oh, and then and then and then just a few years later, Undertaker crucified Stephanie McMahon, but it was okay because it was on the Undertaker symbol and not a cross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, Raven's ahead of his time, <laughs> clearly. Um, I don't know, man. Undertaker's such a hard one because he's such a legend. That character is so mystique. But I think I think evil could also be that. Um, and a lot of his in-ring movement stuff reminds me like he's taking parts of Undertaker's moveset and stuff that makes. Um, Alistair Black. I'm going like American wrestling. I think do that. I also think the villain. I know that that's probably a weird comparison, but if he turned that character slightly darker with Mardi Gras mask and trench coats, and the, and the, kind of the entrance feel to something a little darker, a little meaner, you could get more of sadistic like, murderer. Or, you could get more of your corporation style Undertaker or the Dark Ministry Undertaker out of the villain, depending on how far he wanted to take that thing. I think Marty Stroll. Something about a creepy, creepy British dude with an umbrella and a Mardi Gras mask gives me the same feel as, like, Undertaker putting people in a body bag. I'm just saying. But he's got to stop being goofy. He can't hang out with the elite if he wants to do that. He's got to, like, go off and become the the actual villain. Ooh, I like that. I like that. giving him, like, a Jack the Ripper sort of persona. This whole British yeah, accent. Exactly. He can still do sadistic stuff, like he, what he did to Will Ospreay, obviously. But now he doesn't be as goofy, tongue-in-cheek. Because you can tell a lot of that stuff, he's influenced by Piper and a lot of other guys. I'm trying to think of another person that came, comes to mind. But, you know, uh, blatant certain things that you do in the place of the match. Um, but, yeah, that, that aspect, that, that, that's a very, uh, very, very cool concept. I'm going to let yeah, you go I mean, first, actually, was- on- Oh, it, would, it would take it would it would take his absolute dedication to doing it. Like he wouldn't be able to do any of the funny stuff. He wouldn't be able to do the things that are going to make him merch sales. But if he went to WWE or something, for instance, he was getting a huge paycheck anyways. He came out fully dedicated to being a Jack the Ripper type character or just an evil mastermind with this creepy look coming out to the ring with the umbrella, the trench coat, the whole nine. They give him some badass music. Uh, I think that would be like a pretty damn good replacement for like an Undertaker light beer. Yep, absolutely. All right, I'm, I'm going to let you actually go first on this one. Um, who's a wrestler, modern day, or some wrestlers that you think have had an influence, either gimmick or stylistically, as Stinger? Or maybe even their placement within their company or whatnot. Oh, wow. Damn. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, Finn Balor to some extent. Um, I think he drew a lot from Muda as well, but, but Steam with the, with the Demons, probably the go-to. Um, specifically more of New Japan. And then as far as, uh, you know, in-ring and what he was able to do, you know, Jeff Hardy started really early when Sting was first being popular, but I, I think, you know, you could obviously point to Jeff Hardy and go, that man was influenced by Sting, where you go with a face paint, kind of the, some of the weird stuff he's done. Um, mixing 
mixing some of those moves around, uh, like the reverse DDT. I think I think those would be my my top two. And I'm trying to think of the guy that Muda trained in New Japan, but I cannot think of his name. We kind of incorporated Sonata? a little bit of Sonata. Yes, Sonata is actually probably the closest to Sting's pro gimmick slash misfits gimmick, but I also kind of slightly associate him a bit with Vampiro. So that's a weird one for me because yeah. I don't know what side of the fence I fall. Is he more like Vampiro or is he more like Sting? He's definitely not more like Muda. He's more in between because it's like a rock and roll kind of vibe to it where it's more like uh, the crow, like this dark music, um, dark character. And Muda is more mystical, like an ancient wizard or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Much like Sim Dollar. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Sonata, probably the closest, but, you know, Sonata is not a young cat, so I'm sure you might have a better one on this than, than me, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I have very similar ones. I know that certain wrestlers claim to be influenced by Sting. Um, I know that Seth Rollins is a huge Sting mark. Obviously, he's also a huge Shawn Michaels mark, huge Chris Jericho mark. There's a lot of people that influence his whole entire style, but when when he hurt Sting, he was so flabbergasted, you know, upset about it. He followed him to the to the uh, ambulance, and when it was driving off, like, and Sting was joking around about this, so I don't think it's a big deal or anything like that, but, like, Seth was like, I had your poster when I was in high school, like, while I was driving off, you know, driving off, and Sting thought that was funny, but Seth's a huge Sting fan. Definitely don't see a lot of influence anywhere, honestly. Maybe the intensity, I guess. You know, Seth turns it a little bit of a notch, um, I know Edge has said that he was influenced by Sting. I know that I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Oh, Cody Rhodes. I know that a lot of a lot of stuff was Goldust and Sting driven. Uh, but he's a huge, huge Sting fan because Cody Rhodes obviously watched a lot of WCW as a kid. Dad Dusty Rhodes. Yada yada yada. He got exposed to him at a very young age. Uh, but yeah, it would probably be Jeff Hardy. I like the three that you picked. Uh, Jeff Hardy makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Jeff does a lot more aerial stuff. Gets more of like a Ricky Morton edge to him, Shawn Michaels, if you will, um, style to him. Definitely. And he also likes to do some crazy shit in the Terry Funk type of sense. But he has said many a times, and it sucks that that whole thing happened at Glory Road. I think it was Glory Road from TNA against Shawn when, or against Sting, where he got completely fucked up. But that was his idol. So. He definitely tried to incorporate makeup partially from that love of Sting. I, I, I think Crazy Steve said the same thing in interviews, uh, that not so much the uh, character, because uh, I don't think he based it off of the Joker Sting, because I think that was around the same exact time. But uh, there is a love of Sting, uh, you know, from him. But Sonata is a great choice. Um, you know, he, he does even – great Sonata obviously looks a lot like his mentor and stuff like that. But now this type of – this version reminds me of the Crow Sting to an extent, especially coming down with the, the skull, you know, over his face. That's kind of his face paint now, if you will. So I like that. But Finn Balor, obviously, uh, yeah, definitely mood aspects. But if you think about it, I think Finn Balor, actually, Chris, has more in common with Sting than a lot of people even realize. And I, I think that they, a lot of people would say that this isn't true. But if you think about it, in Japan, when, when Sting started in WCW, and stay with me, Finn Balor, 
you know, got, was getting big from Britain to Japan. Uh, both of them were part of huge groups. Obviously, Dundalar started the uh, Bullet Club. Sting was, you know, joined into the Four Horsemen. Yes, I thought about this if you can't tell. Um, Four Horsemen kicked out, beat the shit out of Sting. He wasn't a leader or anything like that, but same thing happened to Prince Devitt within there. Uh, their whole makeup concept, back then just did it for the fun of it. For big events, he would just, you know, uh, put makeup on some type of comic book character and stuff like that. Didn't really have a reason. Then when he went to WWE with NXT, the demon was invented, much more like the crow sting, for something that was much more sting, actually based it off of The Undertaker. Uh, the big difference between the two of them is that Sting's a big guy doing, you know, springboards and stuff like that, and that was kind of unheard of. And Finn Balor is a smaller guy facing bigger dudes and gets over. But I wish that Finn Balor actually wore much makeup. But, dude, they even have an underhook DDT. They even have a, a major move where uh, in, the, uh, in the turnbuckles, one being the dropkick, the other one being the stinger splash. Sting does the woo. Finn Balor makes everyone put their hands up. It's so damn similar, it's ridiculous. And like I said, I wish Finn Balor would wear a little bit of makeup more, more often. I think that would be kind of cool, you know, just, just a little bit. He, he really wants to, but Vince is the one who holds him back with that. And now the demon went from every major pay-per-view to nothing. But, yeah. Did I analyze that I, a little bit too much? Yes. No, but before we dump out of this, I want to give everyone, like, kind of like the Raven, the Sting, some of these leather jacket-wearing badass rock and roll-style characters – I think a lot of them should, or if you're really into that, you should look at uh, Atushi Onita in All Japan. He did a lot of that. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely check him out. He was trained by Giant Baba and Terry Funk, so he's a complete fucking great worker. Um, absolute badass. A little bit of Sandman, smoke with a cigarette to the ring. Definitely check out Onita. I think he inspired a lot of people a lot more than people give him credit for and also he's someone that that i don't think made our list when we we're going through this but uh it, when we're talking about someone like sting uh, definitely the darker sting or, or like a jeff hardy or, or some of these like muda s characters that came along i think especially the new japan variety i think onita would be up there. yeah and you know what's great about the list chris what i realized is even when we finish it we're still just going to pick another person and keep on going forever and ever <laughs> for so, sure so definitely onita will definitely make it <laughs> yeah I mean right off the back I, I'm trying to think of someone for Anita Who is a, just a Crazy Who's the Terry Funk of Japan right now Basically Well according to like that. According to like uh, You know A lot of the wrestling community All of them because they're being too dangerous Or according to Disco Inferno Fuck Disco Inferno God dang it. At least Jim, Jim Cornette has some credibility behind him. Man. And you know what the funny thing is? If, 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 if ever, if it you know, got brought up on their show, Conan would be like, yo, so, yo man, so this, this small show uh, said fuck you, and I wouldn't care if he actually talked about it because this going for now, I think you're an idiot. So I couldn't stand you back when I was 12. So there's heat between me and Disco Inferno, Chris, if you can't tell. Yeah, and, and it's not just because he was getting heel heat. It's just because, like, you literally couldn't stand him. Yeah, I actually liked X-Pac at one point in time. I still actually like X-Pac, so. Yeah, the X-Pac heat. No, the Disco Inferno heat. That Inferno. It's actually just Inferno heat. That's what they call it. 
Uh, anyways. But, yeah, Onita, badass, man. We're definitely uh, going to talk about him in the future. Uh, CZW, if you want to see some crazy-ass shit, like if you've never seen a landmine match uh, with Mr. Pogo and Hayabusa, you can find it on there. Got some great wrestlers, too. Like I said, Hayabusa was a part of that whole entire thing. Uh, what's his name? Mike Awesome had a very Ultimate Warrior-esque concept called the Gladiator, I believe. It does Masato Tanaka, just a bunch of people, just and Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, blowing each other up, barbed wire, blood guts, even worse than ECW. It was crazy, and he ran it, and he was awesome. And that's what we got. That's our show. Chris, we finished the show. Are you excited? I am excited, man. The Devils are in the playoffs right now, so I'm going to go watch that. It's going to be awesome. Well, Devils are in the playoffs. I want to check out NXT. I appreciate all of you guys out there for listening to us every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Check us out. Uh, definitely go on all of our multi-platforms on uh, Facebook, uh, Geek Vibes, uh, also Twitter and Instagram and all that. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on YouTube when it comes to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Check out every episode. We're going to have some new guests coming up. It's going to be great. You guys have a great evening, and let the Geeks Vibes be with you. Peace out. See you.